0: Hey, who made you at this, jockey? Welcome from all of us to all of you. If you want to know how glad we are to have you with us, just you listen. Hi, and welcome to something that resembles the Crisis mid <laughs> Midlife Podcast. I'm Rob.
1: I'm Amanda. This is
0: episode one thirteen. Uh, look, here's...
1: <laughs> Are going to ask people to drink Slurm next? Jesus.
0: <laughs> Here, here's the deal. Uh, we had to take an Audible uh, last week and not produce an episode because a whole bunch of stuff happened and we were busy all week, which interrupted our ability to do show prep. Believe it or not, we actually do prepare for this show. It's, it's for, true. For most of these episodes, it's you know a couple hours doing research coming up with notes, rereading books, writing opinions, and Amanda using her big brain and $80,000 English degree to, to come up with interesting thoughts on these books.
1: That's $80,000 back in like 1993. That's like $2 million in, in like new century money, I think. That's that's right. And, and in
0: 2016, British pounds, it's like all of them. I, I think your brain owns England now. I think that's how it works.
1: No wonder that happened to them. I'm sorry, guys. So... so
0: Yes, we, we decided we just couldn't do a show that would be worth a shit at all last week because we just didn't have time to prep between our refrigerators and all kinds of weird stuff going on. So this week was going to be different. This week was going to be the Suicide <laughs> show, Squad show. Uh, we were going to see the movie at least once, try to squeeze in a second viewing that if we could and had nothing whatsoever planned on Sunday so that we could come up with really great insights and thought and preparation. And we're do a couple, maybe three different comic books on this show. We're going to make up for every thing last week. And then my new day job told me that I was on call Saturday night. But they said, don't worry about it. It's generally a formality with your particular position within the company. We hardly ever need you. Don't worry about it.
1: This was hazing, wasn't it?
0: I I think it was because it was a savage, (laughs) brutal... I was up in front of my computer on the VPN until... 5.45 this morning. Actually, no, until about 4.45. And then I opened a beer and said, (laughs) you know what, the sun's coming up in about 45 minutes and I'm going to at least be able to tell myself I stayed up drinking all night. (laughs) So I had a beer from 4.45. Breakfast to champions. Yeah, to 5.30. I saw the sun come up and I said, okay, great, thank you, good night. But because of that, yeah, the great, oh, we'll spend all Sunday prepping for the show. I've been unconscious for most of the hours in between now and we're taping this late, you know, late on a Sunday for us just because I, I was unconscious all day.
1: I tried to stay up in solidarity with you. I, I made it to like 4.15 or something. Yeah,
0: now the difference is Amanda started drinking at nine last night. So.
1: <laughs> 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 I, and uh, I did show prep. I About a bottle in, I said, I should help Rob. <laughs> and th- <laughs> I started typing in my phone on, like, Google Keep. I'm like, I'm going to help Rob. I'm going to share this with him. And, share. And thank
0: God, <laughs> thank God you did. Although it, it, it meant that from about 1 a.m. on, as I'm trying to solve problems on the computer, I'm also hearing over my shoulder. And another thing, there's a the question of what is love in Suicide Squad? What does that mean? I'm like, uh-huh. Wait, hold on a minute. I got I to gotta kick this script. What is love?
1: <laughs> Baby, don't hurt me
0: if you continue with that, <laughs> I'm not making any promises. <laughs> so, so yeah, it was, we had grand plans. This is a, we're going to come back with a show. That's absolutely worthy. And I don't even think I'm going to have time to edit this show. Like if I stroke out and face plant <laughs> and require resuscitation, That gap in time is going to be in the show. I think
1: I'll try to help. I mean, if I go, might be a bottle of wine in again. Yeah, if
0: if I go aphasic and just stare at the ceiling for a while, and use your words, gently drool and grunt or what I did. Oh, Tuesday. Yeah, basically Tuesday. That's why we tape (laughs) on Sundays. I try to get that shit out of my system, but um, my sleep schedule is all fucked up. So, (laughs) so yeah, I mean. On the plus side, we saw the Suicide Squad. We did. On the other plus side, the extent of my show prep this week was in the couple hours in between my first nap when I woke up for about an hour and 45 minutes, two hours to have lunch before falling asleep again until like (laughs) 7 o'clock tonight. Uh, I read... about 25 or 30, what amounted to 25 or 30 issues of the original John Ostrander, or Kim Yale, Suicide Squad. Cause you read I've been, fast. I've been getting the trades that have uh, come out. And I think part of the reason I, I wasn't able to get through all four, uh, I got through most of the, the Janus directive storyline. But I found that, particularly when you're really tired, I only have so much of a patience for the concept of Harvey Bullock, <laughs> master spy of Checkmates. What? <laughs> Oh, yeah. it's uh, What
1: drugs were they taking? The and mid, can I
0: have some? The mid to late 80s at DC were a special time. Jesus. It's uh, like all the rest of the entertainment industry. Ostrander wrote that? Uh, Yeah. Well, it was the late 80s. I'm sure cocaine was around. <laughs> and Ostrander, I think, came up with the overall Janice Directive storyline. Okay. Various people wrote it. Because, yeah, it crossed over uh, across all of the...
1: <laughs> I mean, I was gonna I'm s- trying to wrap my mind around this. And I'm trying to picture Donald Logue as that particular Harvey Bullock. <laughs>
0: Uh, Yeah, just doing master spy moves with Checkmate Yeah, out of a flask. (laughs) I got a plan. I got a half pint worth of plan right here.
1: Yeah, no.
0: (laughs) But I was going to say, yeah, it went across all the late 80s DC espionage books. But no, it went across weird books. Like it was in Manhunter and Firestorm for some reason. Okay. (laughs) So yeah, it was the, the great DC Jason Bourne story that went into...
1: God, no wonder they blew up their universe. <laughs> yeah, so,
0: so yeah, that was. Uh, I, I reread a bunch of comic books today and took uh, literally half a page worth of notes in a field notes notebook. So that's my prep. All right. So this show's it's going to be a fucking weird one. Strap the fucking. <sighs> Kind of appropriate, I guess, for Suicide Squad, which all the reports coming out of Hollywood are, you know, oh, no, it started out as a very dark, espionage-driven story, and then somebody came in and trailer-edited the whole thing and ripped stuff out and plugged new stuff in.
1: Yeah, they were... My understanding is that Air had a much darker movie in mind than what actually made it to the screen, However, the people uh the monkeys had edited the trailer <laughs> for uh, last not this past San Diego Comic-Con but the one before that where it got leaked and suddenly became an internet sensation. Right. Um was was cut much more in the spirit of what had been um marketing well for Deadpool and Guardians of the Galaxy. Right and then everybody got excited about it
0: <laughs> oh there's no doubt those trailers are they stacked directly up against big fun movies and make it look like a big fun movie which is great except the suicide squad is loaded top to bottom bureaucracy to foot soldier with reprehensible scumbags
1: yeah. So yeah, it's, it's Dagobah on Earth. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, not Dagobah. Moss no, Eisley. Moss Eisley. I'm Mas sorry. Isley. I'm sorry. That's it. I too am sleep deprived. I'm,
0: I'm going to have to ask for your Star Wars card. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, it's a movie that has been many movies, and therefore all movies, and is therefore a god. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm a little confused. My brain, ow. i a little spastic. I think what'll help me is a little fine. Berkshire Brewing Company, Steel Rail Pale Ale. Unfortunately, they are out at the liquor store. All I got is Sam Adams Rebel uh, IPA. You, see? If you'd send me beers, <laughs> I could constantly plug you, Berkshire Bre-
1: You're a rebel, Dottie.
0: <laughs> it's a sad thing. I plugged them anyway, even though I'm drinking somebody else's beer. It,
1: it happens. You like it. It gets you drunk.
0: It it. it it is fit for its intended purpose
1: <laughs> shall I fetch you a funnel?
0: Oh no, we gotta try to get try to get something semi coherent down today
1: so uh on Thursday, suicide squad apparently cleared something like twenty million dollars despite the fact that uh critics in their advanced reviews pretty much panned it.
0: Oh this thing got savaged. We didn't read any of the the actual reviews i I still don't think I've read any reviews, I, I haven't but uh, we. You can't help but read the headlines of the reviews as you're clicking around normal like, sites
1: gleefully bad from the critics. <laughs>
0: yeah, like they they took the excuse of oh, Superman versus Batman wasn't a or Batman versus Superman wasn't a tour de force <laughs> along the lines of uh, Star Wars Episode Four, A New Hope, and therefore that means we can say oh, DC Films is you know, crashing and burning and dying and. Clearly, I don't think that... It, well, all right. Do we want to talk about the over, our overall impression? Should we talk about the actual movie now as opposed to the... Like I said, we have very little of a plan for this show. We're very sorry. Well,
1: we, we went to go see the show. We walked out of the show, both of us going. It wasn't as bad as the headlines. And I'd be fair, I never clicked through. Because <laughs> I, I didn't want to be spoiled.
0: Yeah. No, me neither.
1: Um, b- yeah, there are problems with the movie. There are big. You can drive like a whole bus like a whole bus from speed through yeah. <laughs> through through many ish areas with this movie. Um that being said, I went in, turned off my brain and just had fun. Afterwards, as I was drunkenly picking it apart, yeah, there's problems. Yeah.
0: But it, <laughs> even without picking it apart, there were significant problems with the with the movie. The, the and by the way, we're going to spoil everything. Yes. So if if you haven't seen it yet and intend to Uh, Just uh, press pause on this and come back
1: later. Next week, perhaps, after you've seen it. I don't
0: (laughs) know. Yeah, or give us four months. It'll be on DVD soon. Right. But either way, uh, yeah, uh, Jesus, I'm drawing. It's not Nightshade because I've read all these things. Enchantress. Yes. Uh, Enchantress's entire motivation uh, is really.
1: It's like benders kill all humans. Yeah, it's, (laughs) it's very broad. They won't worship me anymore. Well, they almost die. Yeah, in, I worry that this will happen with the Kardashians like, at some point. Like, if they get magic, ah, oh, shit, nobody's buying my app. Ah, kill all humans.
0: <laughs> <Good>. Increase <laughs> ass mass. Create black hole. Ew, that's gross even that is, for me. That is
1: gross even for you.
0: Well, but, yeah, it's uh, okay. I'm a purely magical character, and yet I'm building a machine for some reason, and I'm going to kill, yeah, kill all humans because they stopped worshiping me 4,000 <laughs> years ago.
1: Well, they didn't stop worshiping them four thousand years ago. They went to sleep. Plot hole in the movie. We don't know why.
0: Yeah, I got. Yeah, now that you mention it, I got the sense that they were defeated and, and imprisoned. But maybe, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's as somebody who has crawled into a bottle himself. <laughs> they,
1: that's <laughs> right, enchantress and her brother, who was not advertised before this movie. So surprise, she has a brother. Yeah.
0: So, so yeah, her whole motivation didn't make a lot of sense. And yeah, just bringing the end of the world from inside a big federal building with big Ghostbusters effects. At, at one point, Amanda leaned over and whispered to me, aim for the flat dog.
1: Yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff where you're like, didn't I see this in Ghost, Ghostbusters, the first one?
0: Yeah, and for actual DC fans who go and see the movie, the first probably half hour is just really, and they certainly tried to, yeah, trailer it up with big graphics and music. Everybody's got their own theme. So the soundtrack to this movie alone was probably 40% of the budget. Probably. As you go from The Rolling Stones to Creedence Clearwater Revival to, well, it's sweet, they need the money. Yeah. But but yeah, the first probably 20 minutes, half hour of the movie, in like a couple of different chunks, are let's just introduce everybody. Yeah. So if you're already a DC fan, that drags a little bit although they did their best to punch it up cuz like, I I know who Deadshot is. Mm. God knows I know who Harley Quinn is. Yeah, I know her. Really? She has a relationship with the Joker? You don't fucking say. I had no. <laughs> but it and even in that it's kind of weird cuz some get more exposition than others.
1: And that was one of the things that um the redditor who supposedly knows about all of the deleted scenes that were intended to be there that opening that we saw where they focus on deadshot first that was you know will will smith has probably the highest billing cuz will smith yeah <laughs> it was supposed to be more of an extended thing with june moon dealing with being enchantress and getting involved with rick flag that was supposed to be a much longer opening and that's what we that's how we were supposed to come in
0: yeah that that particular piece of it Really was sort of glossed over. Yeah. It really came across as Amanda Waller was almost a pimp.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's I'll whore just out. just throw them together. Yeah,
0: let's whore out June Moon to <laughs> Rick Flag. Really? Do you think they'll have any chemistry? Well, they're the only white people here, I guess, at this point <laughs> in the show. And, of course, Rick Flag will now do anything for her. Everybody in this movie is a real piece of shit. And yeah. I like
1: that. <laughs> I don't think Rick flags necessarily a piece of shit. Oh, I, he's a piece of shit. In the movie, I <laughs> He's a he's a piece of shit in the movie. Uh, come on. He's
0: he's bringing convicted supervillains into urban environments under duress. Con- under what duress?
1: <laughs> his his girlfriend's going to be whacked full of I don't know. <laughs>
0: exactly. So he's going to do this thing that's antithetical to any oath of service he took so he can keep getting his dick wet. He's a piece of shit of the worst order. Plus he was in the RoboCop remake. I hope he fucking dies.
1: Rob, what is love?
0: <laughs> All right, that's potentially going to be a title. Just go ahead and write it down. But so, yeah, we had, and yeah, there was the initial... Uh, sort of the prison guard going cell to cell where we met Deadshot and Harley for the first time. Yeah. And then another chunk of exposition of now we're going to talk about Deadshot and Harley. And the, again, they're the ones who got the most time. We got a little bit of exposition about other characters, but if you're not already familiar, they were really broadly drawn strokes. Like, yeah. If you're not familiar with Killer Croc, you learn nothing about Killer Croc from this movie except that, in this incarnation, he likes BET. <laughs> uh, seriously, yeah. it's he's something happened to him. He was in a sewer, and Batman kicked him out of the city, and now he's in jail.
1: Yeah, and there was supposed to be more of him in the movie as well. Apparently, there's a, a scene that was deleted where uh, he actually suffers from airsickness and throws up like half a goat <laughs> on the plane. That would be cool. <laughs> and then uh, because he's Killer Croc, uh, decides that you know sloppy seconds is fine. So he just disgusts everybody on the plane by by eating. The, the regurgitated goat
0: well the, Jesus Parker the cat does that except it's not a goat <laughs> I've seen that before <laughs> but even that's not character you know no. you know nothing about it. seriously tell me anything about Killer Croc's character that you learned from this movie I didn't learn anything
1: in this movie
0: about and him it, really yeah. Yeah, and uh, same thing with Captain Boomerang Captain Boomerang worked almost the best for me I think he had the most comic book like characterization yes uh, did things that I believe the Captain Boomerang from the John Ostrander comic series would do.
1: Yeah, actually, and and in his supposed deleted scenes, there was, was a lot more. He, he demonstrated a certain amount of sexism and racism in the scenes as he was. Yeah. But there was even more of that, apparently, in other scenes that were cut. Yeah, mostly oh. directed at Katana.
0: Okay, because, yeah, going through uh, the Suicide Squad books today... It's yeah. Every third panel with him, he's uh, he's calling bronze tiger and abo like aborigine. <laughs> Jesus. It's just horrible. No, nineteen eighties racism and at one point, yeah, there's there's like racism and sexism just nineteen eighty seven baked into Suicide Squad. But again, they're reprehensible people, right? So okay, I can get that kind of writing.
1: The one thing I liked is as they're getting ready to unleash these villains back upon the world for the hope of, of doing good everybody has a go bag and you know, take what you need and they have it all set up you know so somebody's got you know, Deadshot has all of his weapons Harley has a, a variety of has, has hot pants <laughs> a variety of hot pants to choose from and stilettos um, and guns but uh, I guess Captain Boomerangs consists of um, his boomerangs a pink stuffed unicorn was that in the trades that you read today no okay so that was new for the movie I think
0: as far as I know
1: and, um, an unlimited supply he, it's like it's like he has a a bag of of holding that's just full <laughs> of, ta- uh, of Foster's tallboys. A beer bag of holding. <laughs> yes.: I, I think I want to change the name of this podcast. <laughs> but like, they're, 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 it's like he's got them down in his pants and his pockets, just everywhere, Foster tallboys. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and it was very
0: consistent with because part of the the greater arc of the first. 20 or 30 suicide squads is he's treating it almost like a grift. Yeah. Like he, he's earned enough trust that he doesn't have to live at bell rev anymore. <laughs> so he's, he's got an apartment in new Orleans. And since it's just post crisis, but before they brought me before Grant Morrison brought a uh, mirror master back in animal man. Okay. Uh, Mirror Master got killed in crisis, so to pull jobs, he's wearing Mirror Master's fucking nice. costume. And at one point, he gets caught, and it's pure 1980s Perfect Strangers sitcom. He gets caught by the Suicide Squad uh, as Mirror Master and sent on a mission, and they keep calling for Captain Boomerang to be on the mission, so he's running off and changing clothes like Balky on two fucking dates. So they should have made a
1: web series out of that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But it's it's just it's so 80s. It's it's a like perfectly. It's like oh, this is everything about 1987 television <laughs> culture in one fucking comic book. Except supervillains are dying. But it's it, but it's, that's the kind of character Boomerang was. It's uh, completely at ease with himself, casually racist, <laughs> a complete opportunist in in the movie. And it was kind of ruined by having him come back. But to me, the perfect Captain Boomerang scene was when Flag breaks the control that controls the bombs in everybody's head and says, you're free to go. And without even a beat, (laughs) Boomerang (laughs) gets up and
1: leaves. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not even a, bye.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So his characterization was the best. Yeah. Why don't we, well, before we go into other particular characterizations, what I'm saying, people got short shrift same thing almost more so with killer Croc tell me anything you
1: learned about katana um not a lot <laughs>
0: yeah she's... I mean, it
1: was mostly exposition via other characters flag would explain things like uh her husband died and that was the sword that did it and his soul is in there and if she kills you with that sword your soul will also be in there she's not crazy she's in mourning <laughs> uh,
0: yeah but it's that's all you didn't learn anything about her yeah I know nothing. i I I don't know her real name. I don't even know it from the comic books, to tell you the truth. And I read Outsiders from the very first issue back in 1983 or something. Yeah. I can't remember the character's name.
1: I feel like it's Akiko, but I could be mistaken. Uh,
0: that sounds about right, but...
1: And that might only be because I think that's the name they gave her in Arrow.
0: <laughs> it could be, but yeah, certainly I don't think they say her real name in this. No, they don't. You know, or what her motivation for being with Flag or Waller yeah. was, I couldn't tell you.
1: Yeah, no, they they don't. I mean, you can speculate. I would imagine that if Waller learned about such a impressive magical weapon as that sword that can take your soul, she would want to have that as an asset. But they weren't particularly explicit about why or any sort of rationale.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, we had big exposition on these characters to start with. You know, Diablo was one of the more fleshed out. And the problem is the way they fleshed him out. It was just doomed. There was <laughs> yeah. no way on God's earth he was getting out of that movie alive. No, no. The, the minute you get into, in any movie, you know, I've killed women and kids, and actually it was... Specifically <laughs> my own. And it just occurred to me because I was saying, oh, I heard or read something where the rules of movies, yeah, if you're a, a child murderer, uh, the best you can hope for is a heroic death in a movie. And actually it was in Peter Milligan's Shade the Changing Man oh. in uh, American Monsters, I think it was, in the, in the American Scream arc where Shade is in Hollywood and there's a... A haunted camera that's putting people in movies, okay. and it's a movie critic saying, you know, okay, everybody in this room, uh, you could come out of this a hero because, oh, you did porn as a child, but to not as a teenager, but you grew up and grew up strong, so you could have a redemption arc. You know, you you killed a kid. The best you can hope for is to die <laughs> like a champ, and that's exactly what <laughs> Diablo got. They, yeah. they gave him enough characterization to number one keep his overwhelming power off the board for most of the movie to mm-hmm. give other people stuff to do. Because let's face it, when you've got the human torch yeah. and a girl with a baseball bat... <laughs>
1: Huh? Yeah. You can't see me right now, uh, viewers, listeners. I'm weighing things with <laughs> <in> my hands. <laughs>
0: yeah, you really got it, to. It's like what they would do with Hiro Nakamura in Heroes, yeah. and with or Professor, Pro- Professor Professor X. Exactly. In like any X-Men movie. Like, he's got the power to end this movie in 20 minutes. Yeah, we better take him off the board. Yeah. So he's got enough characterization to be guilty about using his powers, and enough characterization that he can die like a hero. To right. <laughs> to, to let Harley Quinn be the one to, to end the supernatural threat that's threatening to destroy the world
1: yeah a lot of things ended up I think getting skewed based on popular characters that were popular with fans and the desire to try to come up with a movie that was going to compete with the likes of a Deadpool or a guardians of the galaxy and somehow redeem the f- critically failed DC universe cinematically
0: <laughs> yeah there was definitely tweaking going on, and we're, I don't think we're ever going to really know what all of it is. You know.
1: Although apparently, and I didn't, I didn't get a number. I did see online today that uh, Suicide Squad has the highest opening of any August movie, and at this point, has surpassed Deadpool and Guardians of the Galaxy for the money that it's made. People, I
0: think, want to like it. Yeah, they want. It's been advertised masterfully. Yeah. to look like a big fun violent superhero movie like Deadpool really was. This has some fun moments that I think were probably retrofit in in reshoots.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I I gather one of those um, reshoots or added scenes was Ezra Miller who shows up in a cameo showing how Captain Boomerang was taken down. And that was actually filmed by Zack Snyder in London Uh, because they had the Flash suit on hand because they were filming for Justice League.
0: Yeah, I got a real kick out of that.
1: Yeah, I did too. And then he opened his mouth and he wasn't Grant Gustin and I was like, bye boy. (laughs) That's
0: that's an issue you've had. And I can understand it. That's an issue you've had almost since the casting and certainly since his little weird (laughs) time and space dream travel cameo in Batman versus Superman. (laughs) Yeah. Grant Gustin has done a killer job on the flash TV show. He's really carved Barry Allen and the Flash out you know, as his own. I understand what you're saying <laughs> because, because Amanda says every time I see him, it's like, "Nope, fuck you kid. We, I got no time for you." The, the real flash is on my TV. I don't know why they didn't bring him in, and that's it, it,
1: no time for love, Dr. James
0: <laughs> <laughs> It's been explained by Zack Snyder, who all, all his motivations should be questions at all times. <laughs> But apparently he's the one who made the call, uh, and I can under okay, great. It's your thing. You're doing it over here. But you know, give the kid a chance. We've we've heard uh, I think 75 words of him as Flash. We've seen him clearly as Flash in exactly five seconds of film. I'm a fan. I don't have to be
1: fucking rational.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Good point. I retract my statement. Um, but its I, I got to say, I got a kick out of it. Of course, Captain Boomerang has to be captured by the Flash. Yes. Period. I got more of a kick out of that than seeing Batman show up to take on Deadshot and Harley Quinn. Yeah. Because we all knew that was going to happen. We saw Batman and the Batmobile in the commercials. So we knew that was going to be how those guys got hooked.
1: Right. Um, I... Was surprised actually that Batman was involved with Deadshot. I know that Deadshot supposedly his first appearance is in Batman in the fifties in a completely different outfit.
0: Yeah, and uh, oh god, and there are Batmanologists out there who pull <laughs> the issue numbers right out of their ass, and I am not one of them. But yeah, he appeared in one issue, yeah, in like the early fifties, and yeah, he was he was just a sharpshooter who wore a tuxedo with a top hat and tails. <laughs> And he, As one does. Yeah, and he never appeared again until the Marshall Rogers run on Detective Comics, that's so correctly well-regarded from the 1970s, uh, which is what put him in the more modern red and silver and mm. yellow costume with the wrist magnums. Okay. And it's the wrist magnums that made him popular. Yeah. Yeah. I. I mean, they seem
1: like they would be something that, in practice, would actually. At the very least, give you carpal tunnel, but probably break your wrist.
0: Oh, they blow your goddamn hand off <laughs> when the barrel of the gun terminates at the wrist. <laughs> yeah, my wrist just uh, a little twitch. I've just my hand is gone now. It's it does not work in the real world, but it looks cool. Can't seem to stop my hands from shaking. <laughs> yeah, because they're twitching. They're over in the corner. I blew them Bleeding off with stumps. my wrist magnums. <laughs> but it's. Yeah, and, and even then, he he only showed up a
1: couple times, I think, in between that and Suicide Squad. Well, I, I know him, and this is where I was surprised. I would have thought he was going to be more of a government body takedown in, in, in some fashion, because I'm just accustomed to him at this point, having been in either um, Secret Six or Suicide Squad.
0: Yeah. It, the, see, the to me, Deadshot has gone through some real character changes, even just since the 80s. The the John Ostrander dead shot was really the first full attempt at at characterizing him, and he was very much a a nihilist who didn't care if anybody lived or died, including him. He wasn't suicidal, but it's if I get killed, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And when (laughs) when, Slick Willie Smith was... (laughs) was cast, I'm like, I can't see Will Smith as somebody whose life has led him to a point where he doesn't care if he lives or died. Well, and well, and then, I remem- the, yeah. then I remember I <laughs> that he grew up with, he's got Jaden Smith in his house, and maybe he'd actually be pretty good at that.
1: <laughs> but... I gotta go home to that. <sighs>
0: <laughs> and that's not the character he played. While we're still sort of circling around characters, why don't we talk about the, the ones that actually did get some fleshing out?
1: Okay, uh, and... Deadshot was one of them.
0: Yeah, and Deadshot, like I said, he's gone through some changes over the years from that very nihilistic, I have no real human impulses and just don't care if I live or die. It's somewhere along the line... Uh, We found out that he had a kid, and then his motivation became to protect his child, which is not something that I think...
1: I feel like that was done under, like, Gil Simone's watch or something.
0: Yeah, I think that really took fruition in, like, the early, mid-2000s. Yeah. Because there was another... There was a John Ostrander Deadshot miniseries, which I read in high school and loved... And would have reread for this show, but it's over in the storage locker, <laughs> and I ain't gonna go digging for it. And at this point, it's been out of print for so long. Although with the movie, maybe it'll come back out, perhaps. But yeah, certainly it, with that, it was more uh, just a fucked up childhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, not so much about oh, I have a kid and that's a motivation. And in this in the movie, it was very much <laughs> his entire motivation was I want to protect and be there for my child. With nothing there as to, oh, and this is how I became a high-tech hitman mm. who will just kill without remorse, and you know they call him a textbook sociopath.
1: Well, Harley did, so take yeah. that with a grain of salt. Well, uh,
0: good point. <laughs> so yeah, all his characterization was focused on, okay, let's, let's find something likable about this character and try to make him likable. Well, the BTK killer had kids. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> True. In every sense of the word, hey! <laughs>
1: oh, <laughs> but he's a nice church-going man.
0: But the weird thing is, as much as I like the original Ostrander characterization, I, I thought Will Smiths was fine in this. It was a very different Deadpool. Amanda, when we walked out of it, you called it. It's like, uh, yeah, oh Will Smith in, in a Deadshot costume. Yeah, Will
1: Smith did a really nice job cosplaying Deadpool, um, and then I think playing you and himself. I have, I think you and I have both. <laughs>
0: I think you and I have both called him Deadpool about forty percent of the time. <laughs> Shit.
1: Did I just do that? I'm sorry. I
0: think we've both been doing it. Uh, so
1: Deadshot. He he did a nice job cosplaying Deadshot.
0: <laughs> yeah. Again, I was awake for sunup today, and I I'm just I'm barely functional, and I think I'm dragging Amanda down a, a wrong path. That I help, <laughs> <laughs> but his character is that characterization. I think was. Fine, it, it worked. For he's me. played
1: himself, but the thing is, it Will Smith was fine, but he's played himself in just about everything he's ever been in, back to fucking Fresh Prince. <laughs> Up to a point. I mean, other than maybe Ali, because he had to be Ali. But <laughs>
0: he's he's taken some leaps, and when he wants to, they can be interesting. Was he Ali,
1: or was it? He was Ali. Okay.
0: Uh, in Six Degrees of Separation. I recall liking that. I think I saw that back in the early two thousands, okay. and that was very much a different character. I mean, he can act when he wants to, but you know, if you have a money machine that starts cranking out hundreds every time you smile.
1: Yeah. and <laughs> it's like he did, It was like after Independence Day, he's like, I could just be me, huh? Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would do that at four out every five movies, and on the fifth one, try something different and not worry even a bit, because I right. can go back tomorrow and do the next one.
1: And to be fair, he was enjoyable to watch, but it wasn't Ostrander's dead shot. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but I can also understand the choice, because we, we've talked, these are all reprehensible people, and in the comic book, even more so, you know, these are supervillains, they're scumbags, and they're being set up to get killed.
1: Yeah, but to, I mean, I they're not wrong in drawing from, you know, whatever portion of canon now has given him a kid that he's attached to as his vulnerability, but they could have just as easily, if, if they were going to set it up that Batman had to go after him, there were any other number of scenarios that didn't involve having to use the kid as a plot point.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, that's absolutely true. But beyond the motivation, just from a characterization standpoint, taking a step back, who's likable in this movie? Deadshot's <laughs> likable. Deadshot's likable. Harley Quinn is likable.
1: Yes, arguably. <laughs>
0: but everybody else around them before we, you know, look, we're going to spend the most time on Harley Quinn cuz Harley Quinn got the most time. Right. Uh, for for good reason, Margot Robbie I think did a really good job on that character. Did, yeah. But before we go into that, uh we've got uh Christ who who played the
1: wall? Um, uh that was uh fuck. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Normally we have all this shit prepared and written down, and today it just didn't happen. We're really sorry. (laughs) Uh, Something Davis.
1: Uh, Viola Davis. Viola Davis. Viola Davis.
0: She was killer as Amanda Waller. Yeah. If there was... Captain Boomerang was pretty close to perfect characterization, but if there was a perfect characterization from the Ostrander comics in particular, yeah, it was Viola Davis. She's a hard ass who will try to put one up on top of anybody who demands loyalty and shows none in return and will push and find your weak spot and bring you in. And it's all about power and her will. And that absolutely came through. Yeah. I mean, there were moments in this where it was clearly my God, the, the reveal again, spoilers, the squads being sent on a rescue mission to rescue a VIP from this magical incursion. When it's, no, you're coming to get me, motherfucker. I am the one person who can't get killed. Yeah, That's pure Amanda Waller. It totally is. <laughs> when, the, when the helicopter comes to get her, she's the only one who gets in the helicopter and says, I'll send another helo. I in no way believed <laughs> she was going to send another fucking helicopter. Yeah. It was going to be, all right, I got out and I need to sanitize this. Yeah,
1: I've got binders full of metahumans. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Buy, write that down. That's a possibility for a title, but I mean, we and that was coming after a scene where it's like, okay, I've done all this work with these people in an emergency situation, trapped in this building. They're helping me to coordinate the squad, but they're not cleared to know any of this. So she just executes everyone yeah. in the room with a handgun.
1: Yeah, yeah. just calmly, collectedly, like, yeah, right, I gotta put this back on my desk. <laughs>
0: yeah, and uh, she's not gonna send a... She's gonna send a helicopter back. At this point, she's like, All right, I got out and I almost didn't, and the Joker's involved. You know what? I think I'm gonna call Batman. (laughs) (laughs) Why not? Yeah. You know, she clearly, you say, binder full of metahumans. That's how the movie ended. Right. Yeah, all right, go grab Aquaman. Just flood (laughs) Midland City or Midway City or or whatever the hell it is. So that was just a, a perfect character directly from the comics of anybody. Yes. Uh, Rick Flag scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but it's uh, there's so much time spent in the comic book originally showing that Rick Flag had a relationship to the 1950s Task Force X Suicide Squad that was it was a World War II comic, right? And why it's one of those things. Okay, I, I get why you're spending this time tying it into the original, but does anybody have any fun memories of the original Suicide Squad?
1: I don't think so. Other than they were, they were trying to make a case for, now this is a, a a legacy franchise that's been around, and it's not really. It's it's like a C-list franchise. It's gotten more play lately.
0: Yeah, I, I, I've never seen an original issue. I don't think it was ever reprinted, maybe in one of the DC Showcase phone books or something. But. Yeah. So yeah, there was a, a huge amount of real estate in the early Suicide Squad comics to set that up. None of that was here, but again... Joel Kinnaman played a broad stroke character. Yep, he's the world's greatest special forces soldier. Then how is he felled by Poon? <laughs> Lead him by the dick, and he'll do whatever you say. And he's he's an asshole for two thirds of the movie to every one of the main characters that we're supposed to be pulling for. So for all intents and purposes, he's an antagonist for most of the movie.
1: Yeah, I mean, and again. um, my my reading of Suicide Squad has been mostly the the latter day stuff, so I'm used to seeing uh, Deadshot in charge of the team. Right. <laughs> so it's and and you see within the scope of of how power is shaking out, Deadshot is for the most part leading the team, if only to keep them from killing Flag. <laughs>
0: yeah. So. <laughs> or yeah. letting
1: Flag get killed. <laughs> Yeah,
0: somebody could have stepped up and just taken his head off, couldn't they? <laughs>
1: well, no, they, they, he makes the point. like If he if he gets killed, then all of our nanobots and our necks go off, so we got to <laughs> keep him alive. And it was, um, ironically, and here's a horrible pun, and I'm going to say it, um, a large chunk of it seemed to be capture the flag. Uh, <laughs> June Moon's little critters. Shoot them. <laughs> Shoot them both. <laughs> the faceless drones, so it wasn't like they were killing actual human beings that she was creating from, you know... Actual humans,
0: <laughs> yeah they and yeah we went to see this with uh, Trebuchet and Pixie Sticks, friends of the show, and yeah Trebuchet made a point of yeah I love how in all of these things they find some way to make everybody just a faceless monster so you can kill with impunity and keep your PG thirteen.
1: Was this PG thirteen?
0: It was. It shouldn't have been. I
1: thought it. I thought it was going to be a hard R. It Should have been a hard R.
0: It's everybody. <laughs> I mean, not, have, for,
1: not for what they showed us, but I think you know after a certain point, if you're going to have fucking reprehensible people, just as Harley will say it later, own your shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things that they, they said it was going to be a hard R after Deadpool hit, and then I'm sure somebody pushed back and said, oh no, the, look. The children's. The, the, look, we got Margot Robbie in a fucking titty shirt, and don't <laughs> we want the 13-year-olds to come see that and go home and fap? They'll pay us to fap. No thirteen-year-olds ever paid to jerk off in their lives, but apparently this is a motivation for studio people. I'm guessing. I your average thirteen-year-old who's a huge fan of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air for some reason,
1: who probably has you know Arkham Asylum or Arkham City on Xbox and can you know pause a cutscene. Yeah, like. exactly. <laughs> Can you pause cutscenes? I don't think you can. Actually,
0: I'm an adult and never felt the need to pause a cutscene and jerk <laughs> off to a video game. That same screen is hooked to the pornography wire. I can get whatever I need. I don't need to pause the fucking video game.
1: See, kids, you can achieve anything when you grow up. <laughs> That's right. You could
0: you could have a beer, watch the sun come up, and re- regret it for fucking thirteen hours afterwards.
1: So before we get into a couple of the other characters, it might be worthwhile summarizing the plot of the movie at this point. Uh, <laughs> I say this if only because I, I think it's I think it's helpful to kind of understand where the movie went before we get into the characterizations of Harley and Joker. Okay. So Waller puts together this squad of of supervillains for the purposes of what if a Superman-like entity came to Earth but wasn't a nice guy. Right. So we need to have the baddest of the bad being willing to do wet work because somebody has to get their hands dirty and it shouldn't have to be us. Yeah. So they are sent on this mission to go save Waller from an awful magical incursion in Midway City caused by Enchantress, who is one of her first recruits and doesn't like the... Shackles she's being held under because Waller. There's a MacGuffin, I guess, where, um, in order to control Enchantress, you have to have possession of her heart.
0: Yeah, that's that's got no basis, at least in the early Suicide Squad comics.
1: Yeah. And so Waller finds her heart and also finds her brother in a jar. Um, and doesn't put the brother in a jar under the same sort of laser locking key that she puts No, leaves the, it in
0: her fucking closet.
1: Yeah, like, oh, look at this like object d'art that I found in the, the nether wilds of the jungles of wherever.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just gonna... Uh, I keep Enchantress's heart in a biometric, <laughs> bombed <laughs> briefcase that if somebody comes too close to it, it'll explode. The brother is up next to the shivis in the fucking
1: closet. <laughs>
0: They just get blind drunk and go there. It's like, oh, I did four shots of the brother. Oh,
1: God. Why are my eyes glowing? (laughs) Tastes like bleach. (laughs) 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 Oh. Anyway. So uh, she gets together with her previously um, unadvertised brother. Then they decide that they're going to create a machine because Enchantress is pissed that she's now in slavery to the government and being asked to do things against her will Right, and is no longer worshipped in the fashion in which she's accustomed. Correct. So then the Suicide Squad has to go in and save the day. Meanwhile, uh, the Joker is still loose in Gotham City after the Batman's takedown of Harley correct and his entire objective is he wants his stuff back uh,
0: so, Harley being the stuff
1: yes uh, so he hatches a plot to get in via the corrupt guard who is the only person that we see as a through line that torments all of the various Bell Reeve prisoners
0: yeah you know, this is gonna <laughs> this is gonna sound sadistic I like that guy <laughs> I, I only liked them because the guy playing him put such joy in everything that he did. It's just—I don't think he
1: got a proper comeuppance. It was—you were expecting—you would be expecting that he would have a horrible death.
0: Oh, you'd be expecting it, but the Joker's already—he's already in the Joker's pocket. Yeah, you know, Harley implies, "Oh, you're, oh, you're screwed." Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he's—he's he's gonna have a bad day no matter what.
1: But I, following the the rules of movie logic, I logic i expected we were going to see that come up at at some point in this movie yeah
0: but it's also it was hard for me to really hate him because he was he was riding herd over real shitbags it's true it's true you know it's dead uh, yeah. dead shots killed hundreds of people
1: <laughs> yeah
0: all he did was bring him his food and say yeah it's got terrible stuff in it well jesus i'm sure every prison guard does that oh. i'm sure there's not terrible stuff in it
1: <laughs> no, the the thing that they were referencing, loaf, it's um there's an actual prison food called neutral loaf, which is supposed to be just fucking vile, awful, just like you you'd rather die than eat loaf. It'll keep you alive, but
0: define living. And that's why I try not to do crimes. <laughs> At least I stick to white collar.
1: <laughs> well, okay, just admit that to our ten listeners.
0: <laughs> Come on, we're in the triple digit. <laughs> We've established it. <laughs> but yeah it's he just clearly had such joy there there were a few moments where it's like all right that's over the top but you know yeah teasing deadshot and you know <laughs> even teasing harley until it went to the flashback of force feed that was a bridge too far and i was like okay this is not necessarily a likable guy but the actor brought just such joy to the sleaze yeah even as he's just brainlessly mouthing off while in the clutches of gangsters who are saying we're going to burn your house down with your kids in it and he's just so cheerfully oblivious that he's in danger until he sees the joker yeah it's i just i i like that character in spite of myself and it's because of the actor oh hell i, mean, I don't know who that actor is i thought he was the shit <laughs> sadistic prison guard actor dude if you're listening you're the shit my friend <laughs>
1: Yeah, no. He had he had some great lines too. Even when Deadshot was threatening to kill him, like if if he kills me, I need you to smoke him and then like go delete my browser. <laughs> Clear history. my browser history.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a. Uh, I'm thinking of uh, Christ. Who was the actor who played the Stooge in uh, Galaxy Quest? Who then? Uh, <laughs> well, no, he he became a, a bigger actor. He was in. I'm trying to think of the latest thing he was in, but he was in the Chuck Barris movie. You know, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Okay. I can't think of the actor's name. I don't know. But he's he became something <laughs> and it was because of this kind of breakout performance in Galaxy Quest. Okay. You know, sadistic prison guard dude. I am plotting a plotting a similar career a course. Bright for future you. for you, sir. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh we've s- gone off on a tangent.
1: We just have because I like this dude. We have. Well that's just it. Like I think. Whether or not you like this movie or don't comes down to whether or not you enjoyed the characters and and how they were played. I enjoyed, for the most part, all of the characters and how they were played, even if I didn't necessarily agree with the characterizations. Sure. So I was willing to overlook things like... Motivation of the villain, lack of plot development, no clear, que- no clear sequencing, no clear through line to other movies. <laughs> yeah, there was lack one, of world building. There was
0: <laughs> one scene that really stuck out to me where it's like, I think this is an editing room mistake and it was the scene with Flagg and Waller where he's saying, these are all criminals. I can get real pipe hitters for you that'll do any job you want. I have friends too. I could get out of this immediately. Oh, well, your girlfriend will be in a coma on a... Bo- you know the scene yeah, I'm talking yeah. about. That scene was cut in after we'd spent about 10 minutes with Flagg with all the individual characters, generally treating them like human beings, allowing Deadshot to have a loaded gun to show his skills. You know, bringing Diablo and try to talk to him, and so he's acted like, "Yep, okay, these are people worthy of at least the minimum of respect you would afford a convicted criminal," and then ranting, "No, I want no part of these people." It really felt like a weird editing mistake, and there were there was weird editing like that in a yeah. few places in the movie, but that's one that really stuck. Well, out and
1: to that's me. The, and that speaks to sort of the Frankenstein nature of this movie. There was a movie, and then there was a bunch of reshoots and new scenes, and then a re-editing. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, the latest rumor is that the people who edited that first trailer, trailer. came in to do the final cut of the movie. <laughs> Which, okay, I could, yeah, with some of the graphics and visuals and muse, all right, I can kind of see that. That's very possible, I would guess, but.
1: So the the movie ends up that we see uh, Joker and Harley's love story play out in flashback and in real time on the occasions where Joker gets close enough to try to get her back Yes. Um, surprisingly to me and apparently to a lot of the audiences in the cut that we see, Harley and Joker seem to have a relatively um, loving relationship, even though there's a certain amount of abusive power.
0: <laughs> there definitely is that scene in the club where he gifts her in air quotes to the dude with a shit shot in his face.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, but you don't see the the kind of outright abusive relationship that you, if you followed, say, uh, Batman the animated, animated Series, Mad Love, some of the other, once she broke into the comics, that sort of level of abuse, you don't necessarily see outright in this cut. And no, apparently you're... that is a, a large chunk of the scenes that were cut. <laughs> okay. According to the Redditor who posted.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, at this point, haven't they already greenlit a Harley Quinn movie, a standalone?
1: That's what I've heard. Um, Margot Robbie did such an outstanding job breaking out in this movie. I mean, she, well, I mean, she kind of broke out in other things. She's in Wolf of Wall Street, and she's in that other thing with yeah. Will Smith. But uh, It's on the table. We'll get to it. <laughs> the, apparently, she's, she's gotten the green light to have her own Harley Quinn movie, and she's going to executive produce it. Beyond that, I don't know what status it's at, other than, in de- I don't know if it's in development, I don't know if it's... <laughs>
0: That's kind of surprising to me, because all the producers listening to this show, you'd think one of them would have reached out, for fuck's sake.
1: Call me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in any event, uh, it it would be interesting to see a director's cut of this movie, although air is on record currently in interviews saying that there won't ever be a director's cut. That sucks. Yeah. Um, and... That,
0: that sucks just briefly because the ultimate edition of Batman versus Superman makes it a better movie.
1: Yeah, and I I think it comes down to, though, there's such a, a wild incompatibility between Ayer's vision for this movie and then what the studio suits wanted. Which is pure
0: speculation, but there's been enough speculation. <laughs> it's probably safe speculation, but it's speculation.
1: That if you edit back in everything, then you're going to have a completely different movie.
0: <laughs> and I, I'd be kind of okay with that
1: yeah the the movie sets harley up apropos of nothing other than the fans really like her to be the ultimate winner in the end of the battle between enchantress and the suicide squad yeah incongruously why is the girl with the baseball bat <laughs> going in there and snatching the heart Kalima uh, out of <laughs> out of the Enchantress. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Other than, you know, oh, bitches battle. Like <laughs> like it would have been like somehow more jarring had it been, you know, a a guy taking out the girl at the end when they made blatant statements over the course of the movie that all of the male characters had no problems hitting a girl. Like
0: <laughs> Yeah, but you know what? That kind of made sense to me because to get that close to Enchantress, she had to manipulate him. And yeah. she had shown the ability to manipulate men all through the movie. Why not manipulate a woman? Yeah. So I, I could see that as you know part of her grift, I guess. Yeah,
1: and and they did make the point early, early in the movie via Waller that she is a far bigger risk-taker than even Joker and is more willing to put herself in precarious situations for whatever her ends are.
0: Well, I mean, and you and I have talked off the show at length about the Harley character in this movie, and it's the one character we haven't really touched on in a lot of detail up until this point. Yeah,
1: I wanted to save Harley and Joker because they're fraught with some fucking baggage. (laughs) Okay, And,
0: and clearly you're on a roll, so let me not get in the way. Go with it.
1: Um, so as we see in this movie, they touch on some things from New 52 Harley. Go and, on. <laughs> well, they, they go out of their way to sort of use Harley's origin story via the New 52, which I think was written by Alex Glass. I don't think. Adam this, Glass. Adam I Glass. Think. Although I, think, I, could, I
0: somebody named Glass this, played Slipknot. No, so,
1: Beach, um, Adam Beach played that Slipknot.
0: Sounds, okay. So yeah, Adam Glass
1: so the uh i'm so tired <laughs> <laughs> it's okay um adam beach uh who you may or may not have seen in law and order svu as that other officer <laughs> <laughs> iced tea what? no 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 he, he was if there was a red shirt in this movie and that was a, a, again another deleted scene supposedly uh there's a line that was cut that that uh names him as a serial rapist and all we hear is he he we see him knock out a woman and talk about the fact that she's mouthy, thus <laughs> setting him up for, okay, you're going to die first.
0: <laughs> well, no, actually, that was as I was going through the Suicide Squad books today. When I was watching that, I thought there was part of that that was directly from the book where Captain Boomerang is saying, oh, no, that bomb thing, it's all bullshit. We can get away. You can get
1: away. That, that is. But in terms of Slipknot's motivation like they or his characterization, they wanted to set up early that this one's the douchiest one. That's why he's going to die first.
0: Okay. Which is fine and certainly would have helped. I think, number one, I'm glad they killed somebody. <laughs> a part of, well, no, a part of the, the hook of Suicide Squad right from the beginning is somebody's not coming out of this. Yeah. And there were always people getting killed. Yeah. But it's just, uh, I wanted to point out that, yeah, that conversation between Boomerang and Slipknot, and it was between Boomerang and Slipknot, uh, was in uh, the Suicide Squad 9 Right. Which, which is a fucking millennium crossover of all fucking things, but, but that's where that happens. And that was directly from the comic book.
1: So Harley, again, in terms of things taken from the comic book, it, her origin has always been, even between this and Batman the Animated Series, she started out as a psychiatrist working in Arkham. She was assigned to the Joker's case. She thought she could cure him. She was very intrigued by him. Um and then falls in love with him because she sees that he has a twisted, beautiful mind. And she's so wrapped up in wanting to save him and then eventually kind of comes around to his worldview. <laughs> Which, as one does? As one does. <laughs> uh, and then following the New 52 order of events, we see that Joker um, drops her in a va- vat of acid. <laughs> yeah which was not in the Batman animated series version of events. No. And uh, saves her, pulls her out, as Batman did for him, and she survives it. I've always wondered, and this is just a complete aside, has anybody ever investigated whether or not there's a group of metas who, if you just drop them in a vat of acid, they're metagene, then... (laughs) activates. (laughs) Uh, I
0: I don't believe anybody's investigated that because that would be a horror comic of the largest order of
1: magnitude. Well, because what's implied is in the new 52, and we may find this later on depending on what they choose to do with Harley as a character, that Joker had seemingly been experimenting doing that. She wasn't the first attempt at a Harley. Yes. We don't see that in this movie.
0: (laughs) No, we don't.
1: Um, But we do see Joker go and save her and it it seems very much, it's one of those moments too where the way that they cut it for this movie, he was just going to leave her (laughs) and then he decides he's going to go back Because he does apparently love her or feel something. So it's a very gallant swan dive into the vat of acid to save her.
0: Well, you pointed out that there were some visual cues of the screen sort of pulsing or color changing Mm -hmm. that indicated the Joker snapping in and out of attitudes or insanity, which you saw and I... In yeah. retrospect, it's like yeah, they did do that.
1: And and there were there was I thought that there wasn't for Harley, but in retrospect there was in the flashback scene that Harley had when she remembers being force fed by douche guard. And <laughs> Okay. Because um, that's a, a wacky one where uh it's it's shot in that same sort of odd oddly colored um pulsating. Yes. So I took that as a visual cue for this is when the supposedly crazy characters are having a crazy moment as opposed to just acting inappropriately for the sake of acting inappropriately. Well, it's fun to act that way. <laughs> and I also took Harley over the course of the movie gaining agency insofar as she reaches a realization that she's not part of Joker's shared delusion she she has made a decision on her own that she does the things that she does because she likes it. And that's not crazy. She knows the difference between right and wrong.
0: She just doesn't give a she shit She just anymore. doesn't give a
1: shit. Um, I'm not a psychologist. <laughs> there are... If you were,
0: you would have run from me years ago.
1: <laughs> no, honey, I'm part of your shared delusion.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I delusion quite a bit.
1: However... Um, in order for her to actually have been part of a shared delusion, she herself would have needed to be psychotic up front. And that's, that's the questionable piece in the diagnosis for her. So (laughs) I think she, she realizes over the course of the movie, no, I just, I, I was in a bad patch and I was making poor choices, but I like having this power. This, and that's why I wrote drunkenly last night about, does this acid activate a metagene? Because, you know, she's, she is a very powerful character. she she's, you know got a, a allegedly an, a gymnast background. She's got this not quite super strength, but she's pretty strong. Yeah. <laughs> she's got a hell of a targeting skill. I can't fire a gun.
0: <laughs> well, to be fair, we haven't done too many crimes.
1: But, you know, she's... I don't want to eat loaf. <laughs> <laughs> she's got a hell of a power set, you know, regardless. And it, it makes her a, a worthy Batman villain. And we know the length Batman goes to, to train himself. Yes. So over the course of the movie, we don't see those sorts of um, filter tricks and light tricks when she's making her choices. We do see her have a moment with uh, Deadshot where she has the flashback to the acid, comes out of it, and is troubled. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And asks Deadshot if he's ever been in love, and he makes a, no, I've never been in love, although he's ignoring the fact that he loves his daughter. Like, he's making some sort of compartmentalized distinction between love and in love. Sure. And she makes a comment to him that he's a classic textbook sociopath, where all of a sudden she's snapping back into, oh, I I do understand about why people behave as they do. Right. And it's when she has that moment when they're having a drink at the bar, (laughs) where Diablo... Tells his sob story, (laughs) setting himself up for why he has to die at the end. Yes. Because he has to redeem the the bad choices he's made in life that led directly by his own actions to the death of his wife and his children because he was an awful uh, criminal.
0: Well, uh, by his own actions. He set them on fire.
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) To protect his criminal activity. Yes, exactly. And to um, make the statement to his wife via her death, no, bitch, you're mine and these kids are mine. This is my shit. (laughs) Yeah. No, he's he's a douche nozzle. Yeah. So everybody is floored because, you know, that's an awful thing to admit to, even at a table full of assholes. (laughs) Yes. And Harley is the one that calls him out on it because everybody is prepared to let him, like, have sort of his sad sob moment. She's like, no. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, no, you have to
1: own it You have to own that, you own your shit it's, it's not, you know, the implication being It's not the devil made you do it It's not your fire powers made you do it It's not, oh, I lost control, boo-hoo, I killed everybody No, you did that You were in control of your actions, fuck you, own that shit And that's where she has that moment for herself Oh, I have to do the same for me Because she says to everybody, we're all ugly <laughs> Yeah And normal is a setting on a dryer And we don't get to have normal and I think that was that moment where there, a switch went for her, and she said at that point internally, "All right, I I am who I am, and I I like who I am." So, and and coupled with what, especially when she thinks Joker is dead later in the movie, and she takes off the collar that says Puddin', yes, <laughs> <laughs> which is you know sort of a heavy handed symbolic. You're taking off the collar, okay? <laughs> yeah.
0: Now that you mention it, Jesus
1: Christ. <laughs> um again allegedly in the the cuts that didn't make or the scenes that didn't make the final cut joker is supposed to encounter them as they're taking on enchantress in the final boss battle and wants harley to come with him and go and she refuses so he in a fit of rage throws a grenade at everybody (laughs) really yeah now where did you i saw this i think it was comicbookmovie.com. It was it was in one of my news feeds this morning, and they had gotten a hold of a thread on Reddit, some Redditor posting. All right, so consider
0: the source.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: I'll see very quickly if I can find it when I put together the show notes, but again, I'm very tired. I, I meant to
1: track it down. I, I too, am suffering from the, the sleep deprivation. I found it interesting, and and here's a, a mild tangent into, into um, how a female may view this. <laughs> okay so when harley had her own your shit moment and boomerang immediately reacted with shut up (laughs) (laughs) yes um as as boomerang's character would do it's in character for him but it was immediately a woman says a thing that's a dude doesn't want to hear. So it was a very stereotypical, no, we have to shut you down because this is contrary to what we want to hear for ourselves. God
0: damn it, Amanda, that's stupid. And you're stupid for saying it.
1: <laughs> I was partic- per- particularly affected by this insofar as I had recently read on Boing Boing, uh, net. <laughs> Corey Doctorow had posted a link about... The idea that there was a study that was depicted in this article, and we can put the uh, link up maybe in our show notes. If you got it, yeah. I do. Uh, the idea that dudes just hate chicks talking regardless of content. doesn't matter what they have to say. It goes back to Roman times. They, they have, like, a term for it. <laughs>
0: Jesus, okay. Because
1: it goes back to the, the first time a woman was actually allowed on the Roman Senate floor, and she was described as upbraiding the poor guy that was trying to talk, and it was like hearing somebody bark. <laughs> so, <laughs> and right. and it ties into why Hillary Clinton will never say anything ever that anybody wants to hear, because she just opens her mouth, that's the problem. And... <laughs>
0: Uh, I'm not sure I agree with that, but okay.
1: Yeah. I'm just saying this article exists out there in the world. And honestly, it made me think more about at the very beginning of the movie, how things open with Amanda Waller, who is clearly, if anybody has nothing to worry about in terms of taking shit from anybody about their ideas, it's the wall, it's the wall. So she, she pitches her vision to this table full of men at an intimate dinner. And then in the next instance, we see a guy give that same exact pitch
0: Right, to the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true, actually. And then turn
1: it over to Amanda. So when we have this sort of seemingly parallel moment, and Harley doesn't need anybody to pitch things. She's going to say what the fuck is on her mind. And if you don't like it, she'll take a baseball bat to you. <laughs> yes. Um, I thought it was actually a very empowering moment for her and a, and a, and a necessary truth that the reprehensible douchebags needed to hear. You have this power, use it how you choose to use it, but own it.
0: <laughs> Actually, yeah. And it's it would be a key moment for the character. I wish if that Joker stuff were real, that that were there. Because I think all the elements yeah are there that you're saying, but there are things that are missing that could have made it hit home more.
1: Yeah, and and, I, and so we're left with, again, these sort of visual cues that show that her agency is continuing to grow and that it she wasn't acting out of if there was insanity, she's moved past it and now is just making her own choices right or wrong, mostly wrong <laughs> <And> <laughs> Well, look,
0: if your agency is wow, I like acting amorally, yeah, you're gonna have a bad time,
1: yeah, and but that's not insanity,
0: <laughs> no, not at all
1: um and and if if it was insanity, she wouldn't have been at Belle Reeve, she would have been back at Arkham as an actual inmate. you don't get given a life sentence if a A court of law finds you guilty, and there's no, you know, reason of insanity in there. There's a reason that there's a phrase reason uh, by reason of insanity. (laughs) Yeah. Um. And (laughs) and if you get that tagged on, you don't get a death sentence (laughs) because you're sick. Yeah. John Hinckley,
0: case in point. Every every criminal in a costume in Gotham City, for Christ's sake. Yeah.
1: So. And that's why they always leave Joker as he ends up going to Arkham. He never ends up going to Bel Reef. No.
0: No, I don't (laughs) think Joker was ever part of Suicide Squad. Old Suicide Squad. But I'm saying in the
1: comics, period. Right. He never goes to a real prison. He only goes to Arkham.
0: Right. No, that's true. And yeah, Harley does end up directly in prison, especially considering in one of the big graphic scenes... You know where they, in in the early one where it's like, oh, we're introducing a character and we have graphics. One of the things I don't know if you noticed on her graphics was claims responsibility for the murder of Robin. Yes, or, or <laughs> was was involved in the murder. I forget exactly what it said because at this point my own name is fading in and out of my parietal lobe. <laughs> so, <laughs> so how much Batman may have influenced? No, hard time, goddamn it.
1: <laughs> so the by the end of it you're left with these visual cues she takes off the collar um at the beginning of the movie she is wearing this weird white outfit that seems to be made out of she like ripped it to shreds so that she could make a fuck swing in her <laughs> trapeze in her cage cuz she's got nothing else to do <laughs>
0: yeah no and you pointed out it looked like a straight jacket and yeah. considering it said burn after wearing on it that wouldn't surprise me at all
1: yeah um, but by the end of the movie, she's in orange jammies just like all the other criminals.
0: Orange jammies, sitting, <laughs> reading with her espresso machine, Yes, enjoying a fine coffee. Yes. And all of these cues that you mentioned are blown right the fuck away when the Joker breaks in and she grabs him and a big hug and the movie ends.
1: Right. And that that actually kind of troubled me as an ending. Honestly.
0: I, I'm kind of with you. Particularly it, as we had the conversation, because a lot of this stuff went right over my head as I was watching the movie, the the cues of her potential, not sanity coming back with the understanding of, I'm not crazy, I just like doing this.
1: Well, I, I, I'm kind of hoping this will lead to, all right, I like doing this. Now that I've got a better sense of myself and feel more strongly in my own agency, if I am getting back together with Joker, presumably there will be some other movie. Uh, that seems to be, in terms of marketing polls, what's come out of this. People want to see a Joker Harley movie. Sure, and Leto is lobbying hard to get his Joker into the next Bat vehicle. <laughs> and,
0: Why not? It got the last guy an Oscar nomination. Yeah. So or did he win the Oscar? I, f- I forget it
1: posthumously,
0: possibly. I, I don't the know. Oscars suck. <laughs> 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 or an excuse to drink on a Sunday night. That's all I know. I forget who wins anything.
1: So how, how once will, Pulp Fiction
0: lost, I stop paying attention. But anyway.
1: <laughs> so you know how will she feel now, being with him, now that she has more of a sense of herself back?
0: Which could make a good movie, right? But that's pure speculation because I think everything you say is dead on. You yeah. had to point it all out to me because again, eighty thousand dollar English degree.
1: Well, it's it's if they follow the arc of the new fifty two she will eventually realize about the bodies in the acme vats and and understand
0: yeah but it shouldn't need anything that uh explicit no. if she's decided if she's gained enough of herself to understand i just like acting this way and it's not because of this guy then the realization should come in that he doesn't really treat her well at all right he threw her into a vat of acid and then turned to walk away Yep, he's trying to get her back, but (laughs) I'm not sure he ever treated her really particularly well to begin with. Yeah. When the car went into the water, he took the fuck off. Oh, he was gone. She said, (laughs) as it was going in, she said, I can't swim, and he left her. Right, right.
1: There are enough clues left behind that suggest... Because also... It's her memory. She's in the vat of acid. She doesn't know that he's necessarily having a moment of a crisis of consciousness and then d- jumps in to go get her. <laughs> yeah. She's in the acid. <laughs>
0: and, and where the fuck is Gotham Public Works? We've had two dangerous, <laughs> dangerous supervillains come out of this abandoned place. We can't get a wrecking ball or an. That's implosion why I want to know crew. what's in that
1: fucking acid.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's this is no, that's Supervillain Central for fuck's
1: sake. <laughs> Put up some yellow tape. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it it's it's like the the version of like when you dump baking soda in in like vinegar or hydrogen peroxide and you get that but it's like meta metahuman evil comes out of that <laughs> vat of acid.
0: as somebody who had to Where are my pants? As somebody who had to create an earthquake earthquake slash volcano <laughs> project in third grade. No, evil just comes out of that project. <laughs> my dad was so sick of fucking doing that.
1: So that brings us to i. I think that's i think Margot Robbie had enough to work with, regardless of of what edited cut finally made it to the the screen. She had enough to work with to come up with a strong characterization. But I think it was also because her character was written the strongest.
0: Oh, absolutely. It's it's a character that's become a real fan favorite, and, and I can't believe it's been twenty five years <laughs> since that character came out. Yeah, and talking with Trebuchet, he's like, I just didn't, I don't care that much about Harley. It's a new character. It's like, dude, we're old, This is a quarter century old character. Yeah, Deadpool's only about eighteen years old for Christ's sake. If that's you true. Get that hooked into Deadpool.
1: <laughs> why not? How old Cable then? And, uh, roughly the same. The same. Look, that
0: was that was mid nineties comics, and if it wasn't Vertigo, I wasn't reading it.
1: Okay. That
0: that was the one other hell of it. It, If you've got, I think it's the the second Suicide Squad trade, it has a secret origins of Nightshade Hmm. that is an early book drawn by Rob Liefeld. Oh, Jesus. And there's a panel in it where Nightshade is shaking hands with Amanda Waller, and they're facing each other, so they're both in profile, and he's got Amanda Waller's right hand out, and Nightshade's left hand out, so they're just sort of awkwardly clasping hands because he couldn't figure out how to make the hands cross, or he thought, nah, that looks stupid, so it looks more natural that these people are clutching at each other's hands like one has the cure for malaria. It's just its an awful, awful fucking panel. It's like the Captain America's tits panel. You look at this, and it's like, oh, man, this guy made how many millions of dollars? uh,
1: This this is... He has no understanding of human anatomy. It, <laughs> it, it, it makes me think that he probably thinks lesbians do it by scissoring. It's just, <laughs> hey,
0: hey, look, the man loves comics, and he does. with his awesome line of comics in the last few years, he has brought in good, solid talent that and, understand anatomy and let them go. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't look at the things that he draws. I try to, I try to give him as much credit as I. Can, yes, given the fact that it was his art and art that aped his art that almost drove me out of comics in the 90s, <laughs> I have gone on another tangent because my brain is sort of sloshing in fatigue and alcohol. At does this your point.
1: robot b- b- brain need beer? beer? God, need, I can't even talk now. Yeah, oh, what are you that, doing to
0: me? Don't worry about it, this is just a radio show. <laughs> You don't need to Welcome talk. Welcome to our shared delusion.
1: Uh, <laughs> um, so that brings us to then necessarily Jared Leto's characterization of the Joker. Well, no,
0: just one last thing before okay. we leave Harley. I think Margot Roby did a solid job of not aping the yes. animated series voice and character, but uh, paying a certain amount of tribute to kind of the accent and having enough of it there. So, So it was, yep, that's definitely Harley Quinn. You know, old-school Harley Quinn, but not necessarily.
1: Yes. Um, and she... I don't think anybody is going to really ever touch Tara Strong's voice characterization, so I, I think it was wise of her not to go down that road. She did have an accent, but it wasn't to the point of some sort of awful Fan Dr- Fran, Fran Drescher, Drescher yeah. parody, and I thank her for that. Yes. <laughs> but again, that goes back to, um, you know, people don't like to hear certain voices, <laughs> particularly yeah. from women. Well,
0: no, uh, nobody, that voice from anybody, you know, the cutest talking dog. I would stomp to death if it talked me that way. <laughs> it's a, the, the one thing is, Hey, stop it.
1: It was wrong and you knew it. Uh,
0: stop it. <laughs> <laughs> As I play right into your, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Romans had a term for it. You shut up. Stop it. <laughs> I'm the bad guy.
1: We'll, we'll put the link up. It gets into, <laughs> women do a couple of different things to try to avoid having dudes jump on them when they try to talk. One of which is to pitch their voice lower, sometimes unnaturally so. It becomes something called vocal fry. And the other is that sort of thing you do when you, you're trying to talk up. It's called up-talking. So that it sounds like a question so that people don't jump on you for having an opinion. You know? So. <laughs> uh, sort of like this? <laughs> <laughs> you rat bastard! <laughs> I'm sorry, but I, I think you know I, I I got the link because Harley cannot be accused of having a voice that is melodious, regardless of who's characterizing her. Definitely not. No. So,
0: and uh, yeah, this movie was just yet another thing, and and this is recent with the character. It's we talked about this outside the theater the other day. the The, the idea of. Harley Quinn as fuck toy is only as old as the Batman Arkham Asylum video game. Right. That's not a character trait that has been there for 19 out of the characters 25 year history.
1: Yeah, and actually Bruce Timm took such issue with it that somewhere on YouTube exists a video done in his animation style where he takes he takes issue with the, the over-sexualization of the character. <laughs> like he has her depicted in like, garters and shit like that. It's like weird and jarring. (laughs) And it's,
0: I can understand it from a character standpoint in a long-term character arc. If Harley never had the realization that the Joker was a prick. Yeah. If it's really an abusive relationship that goes on and on and on, then maybe you decide, all right, well maybe if I was more of a slut for him or something, I could see that. But the character grew so much from just being in the comics before that video game ever came out. I never understood why they did that, except uh, oh, fanboys.
1: Exactly, exactly. Uh, sure, you might have been six when Batman the Animated Series dropped, and then by the time you were fifteen, with your senior in college, <laughs> when when you you know had, got a got a hold of your first console and was able to play Arkham Asylum, it, my reaction because I remember when I came, I, I saw the cutscene where she came in, I'm like, what the hell did they do to Harley? <laughs> yeah. What the fuck is that about?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> I, I don't. I, I, uh, I, uh, of course, I know why they did it. It's the same reason they put Margot Robbie. <laughs> uh, we'll get the kids. The kids are going to love this shit. <laughs> okay. And then, unfortunately, in the new 52, they latched onto it with both fucking hands. They really did. They but did. Anyway, all right. So, you had topics to move on to. The Joker. Well, yeah,
1: I wanted to talk about the Joker because... It's interesting for all the hype they gave about, uh, oh, Jared Leto is doing method acting for this and he's stating character even when he wasn't, you know, in a scene and he did all of this awful abusive stuff to his coworkers because he felt that that's the sort of thing the Joker would do. So he wanted to to engender that sort of relationship antagonizing the people that he worked with. And I don't know. I view that version of method acting as being a douche for the sake of being a douche. <laughs> Yeah,
0: that was from the Rolling Stone article, right?
1: Yeah, which I, I only skimmed.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, no, and that is... A it's... level of pretension baking off of that shit. Where it's like, no, nah, it's okay. Yeah, no, the, <laughs> the
0: rumor was, you know, oh, he sent used condoms to his coworker, dead rat. Uh, yeah, no, the, the Joker sends you poison and you die. Yeah. He doesn't send you fucking goofy shit.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I, ha- while Leto's characterization was...
0: After sp- this, let's watch Fight Club where Jack just pounds Jared Leto into pudding. <laughs>
1: Well, I think between that and also rumors on set that David Ayer would ask his actors to do things that made them actively uncomfortable and would tell an actor to do a thing but not warn another actor in the scene that something unexpected was going to happen. Apparently, he told Viola Davis to say a whole slew of just awful, awfulness to um, Kyle, is that his name, Kinneman, The guy who played Rick Flagg? Joel, Joel Joel Kinneman, That Kinneman was just not prepared for, that he was actively pissed about, and that... Davis was uncomfortable doing but Ayer got the shot that he wanted like
0: <laughs> look not everybody can be uh, Hitchcock
1: yeah <laughs> um, uh, so for all of the hype about lido and his supposed method acting which I'm sorry if you have to stay in character that hardcore t- in order to get the performance that you think you need for this character you suck as an actor like <laughs> seriously
0: <laughs> I try to look at it this way that's the way de Niro used to be and now he's in children's comedy <laughs> Uh, it doesn't lead anywhere good.
1: Given the supposed rumors out there about... Um, <laughs>
0: Brando died in a It's not a good life course.
1: About Jared Leto supposedly grooming and or having sex with underage fans at his 30 Seconds to Mars concerts. I don't want him in a children's vehicle.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't worry. The DC, <laughs> DC Cinematic Universe are not children's
1: films. The Fockers, part 20. This year, Uncle Leto has a white van and candy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Uncle Lito. I have nipples.
0: Milk me, <laughs> Jesus! That was a terrible thing to say. That
1: was an awful thing to say.
0: All right. Regardless of his methods, uh, to I, I thought he was, I thought he was a in certain ways a classical joker. Yes, in certain ways. You know, certainly they put in more adult language in certain places and uh, a slightly Th- they, more they did try to thug-ish. gangsta him up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you put that many tattoos. And, and the,
1: the fake grill shit. Yeah. Um, or he had um, antibiotics for for acne as a child and it just turned his teeth an awful color. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. That tetracycline is a hell of a drug. <laughs> it's great stuff. It,
0: it, it'll kill everything in your whole face, <laughs> including dignity. <laughs> but it, it, at the whole, yeah, it was a big classic Joker laugh. You know, there were, Moments that reminded me of the characterization uh, in the animated series with Mark Hamill, you know, the, the having the the prison guard who's going places, buddy. You're going places. <laughs> but, We're pulling for you, man. But having him kiss the ring, and then yeah. Joker come in and go. I really felt like you you meant that, and yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, but so a classical Joker characterization, but yeah, with some gangsterish shit and brooding. For no reason, just like, it's like, like Jordan Catalano from My So-Called Life yes! became the
1: fucking Joker. Yes, trigger. thank you. All <laughs> so, fucking emo and shit, stop that.
0: <laughs> but it, it wasn't a groundbreaking performance the way, and uh, I was going to say the way that Heath Ledger's was, but it, still, if you get enough beers in me, and apparently I've had enough, I'll, <laughs> I'll say his performance was nothing but John Smith from Seven. Yes. In Makeup. Yeah. With a a larger part of the movie.
1: I don't disagree with you. I I think that is a very valid assessment to make. But
0: as a Joker character... Now I kind of want to
1: see Kevin Spacey's Joker. That would be...
0: Uh, I don't. I've seen his Lex Luthor. I'm good. (laughs) I'm good.
1: Thanks. (laughs) I don't know. I think he'd make an okay Joker. (laughs) And he'd make him stop making stupid cat movies.
0: Oh, that was just a paycheck. Oh, I'd do that. I'd do that movie. <laughs> it's a paid for,
1: vacation where apparently him. he just spent a lot of time playing ping pong and not doing House of Cards.
0: Nobody knows what we're talking about. It's you'll see the poster if you go see Nine Suicide Lives Squad stuff. this week. But yeah, you might see the trailer. But but yeah, it was it was not a groundbreaking performance. It, it was all right. It was fine. It didn't do anything for me to say. Wow, that's a whole new interpretation of of the Joker.
1: What to spend all? The one of... thing I
0: did like. Yeah. Was that. And and this had nothing to do with his performance. In this, he was written as somebody who is involved in crime that involves the taking and making of money. Yes. Which is old school. The Joker is the clown prince of crime. And really, ever since at least The Dark Knight Returns, the Joker in almost everything has been, nope, I'm just here to kill and do murder and fuck with Batman, right? And and that's fine. That's a valid characterization of a complete psychotic. But yeah, just sort of the implication of oh no, this guy's an actual criminal who's actually making people. I mean, even in the the Dark Knight, he stole all the money and then burned it. No, it's <laughs> why would you do that? <laughs> yeah, it's... give some here. Part of why the the criminal <laughs> the criminal element in Gotham would put up with somebody like the Joker would be well, he earns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes. Otherwise, why isn't the mafia just swooping to? And yeah, we saw that in the Dark Knight. Oh no, he's too unpredictable for the Mafia. Mo- it's,
1: it's the mafia. I feel like in modern characterizations of bat criminals, Penguin has taken that piece over. He earns.
0: <laughs> oh, absolutely. He he is as close to old school mafia as you can get. Yeah. As you know, he he has moved the furthest away from I'm doing jewel heists. Right. <laughs> I'd I'd like to see the Joker do a damn jewel heist. (laughs) The closest we've seen, I think, was in the first Batman movie where he broke into an art museum and decided, oh no, my art's better and painted over
1: paintings. Yeah, he tagged the walls. (laughs) Yeah, so so So,
0: that's my last interruption. I like the fact that he was clearly a criminal.
1: Yes, I agree. But to spend such energy and effort hyping this performance and then to cut so much of it out of the movie makes me wonder... (laughs) You know just how effective a, a performance it was. It's like they kept just enough in there to to give us the impression of the Joker and to say, okay, you can't have Harley without the Joker, at least for now. Fan service, uh, sure. Um, however, I, I I have to wonder how it would play out if he was given his own actual like movie where he had time to do things beyond be emo Joker. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, Joker, I don't think can carry a movie. I don't think anybody who's played any Joker can get. He'd have to be the villain in a Batman movie.
1: Well, It just makes me wonder. It just you know, and this has come up before. DC just seems to be doing everything so just back asswards with this. You know, let's do all these big ensemble things, and then maybe we'll back up into smaller character vehicles at some point. But we we want to jump straight ahead to the ensembles real quick because we have to catch up with Marvel. And it feels to me like they could have done some things. It, in terms of using some of this alleged footage, should it exist, there could have been some webisodes that could have been online leading up to the, the movie. You know, put that June Moon shit online. Like they it-
0: could have been, and Marvel certainly did a lot of that shit. But I don't consider that canon. You know, it's, I don't go out of my way to look for that stuff. I know they say, oh, it's canon and it's a way to tie these things together. I never sought them out. The properties themselves have to work on their own.
1: I don't disagree. And it's the same argument we got into when we were watching the Batman-Superman extended cut. Right. Um, all of the stuff that was cut out certainly made the movie much more understandable and it, and it, it improves the plot a great deal. But if you have to, if your movie sucks that poorly when you cut that out. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and also if, if you're in a situation where you have to have that much additional information in order to have your character's motivations make sense, then you've got a problem. Well,
0: this, in this case in particular, I, I think they had to do a lot of exposition because, you know, we pointed it out uh, outside the theater. It's like, look at that poster. If you're not a comic book fan, who do you know on that poster? You know, the Joker. Yeah. You might know Harley Quinn from the cartoon if you're of the right demographic. Right. Right. But otherwise, yeah, unless you've played the video games, you don't know who Killer Croc is or any of those. So there has to be a certain amount of exposition and laying groundwork to make those characters familiar. Because an argument that that we've had with various people is, why isn't DC doing it like Marvel did it? Marvel did it. We've got an Iron Man movie. We've got a Captain America movie. We'll do a Thor movie. We'll do a Hulk movie. And then we'll tie them all together. Marvel had a lot more to lose because of the characters that they had to play with. Yeah. You know, in 2007, the idea that the public would embrace a movie with Iron Man and Captain America and Hawkeye, and nobody knew those characters outside of comics. You, know, they, you could have done a movie in 2005 with Spider-Man and the Hulk with no preamble whatsoever. Everybody knows those characters. Yeah. If the, the right people had the correct rights to put them together and the guts to do it, it would have worked. I don't disagree. Marvel had to establish those characters and establish that there was a willingness for the public to go out and see each of them before they could risk the Avengers. Whether they're doing it right or not, everybody knows Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. Yes. You don't need to have a Batman movie to see if people will go see Batman. Number one, there have been seven of them. You know they're going to go see Batman no matter what. Yeah. Unless he's got nipples and <laughs> he's fighting Arnold Schwarzenegger. Ugh. But Ugh. But it's it's less of a risk you've got iconic characters that you can put together. Suicide Squad, more of a risk. And certainly I guarantee that's part of why they said we got to put the Joker in it cuz at least everybody knows the Joker.
1: I I don't disagree. <clears throat>
0: now whether they're executing on the fact that they have these iconic characters that need no introduction is a whole different argument and I'll agree with almost anybody. Yeah, the ultimate edition makes Batman versus Superman better, but it doesn't make it really good.
1: No. It make, it makes the characters' motivations more obvious. That yes. makes the plot better, it doesn't make the movie better. Right. The, the only reason I bring up the idea of webisodes and things to have online to flesh this out is not all marketing is for us and our age anymore. This, this is kids like that shit.
0: <laughs> uh, this is true, and, and I can understand that, and it certainly might make people excited for the product, but I don't consider that part of the product. The product is the movie.
1: No, but when you then go to bundle everything up in a Blu-ray and you couldn't be half asked to go, you know, asked or whatever, you couldn't be bothered (laughs) to go looking for... (laughs) Yes.
0: I believe you were looking for the English arsed. Arsed. You can't be arsed. (laughs) I'm a nasty piece of work. (laughs) Ask anybody. Anyway. I
1: miss you, Constantine. I hope you show up in Justice League Dark. Anyway, we'll talk about that in a minute. Yes. The, uh, <laughs> the, uh, then that could all be bundled into whatever Blu-ray you drop.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I've watched those webisodes, the Marvel ones. On I
1: watched them for Doctor Who, and they had things like Pond Life and all that shit leading up to like the exit of the ponds. Uh, right.
0: So, uh, yeah, I'll watch them on the Marvel Blu-rays I get, but it's, I don't consider them canon. You know the way it's like, a,
1: or essential. I think the word you want is essential.
0: Yeah, they're certainly canon, but they're not essential. it's yeah. a, I realize the Agent Carter ones got that show made. I consider the show more essential than the webisodes.
1: Certainly, certainly. But, but you know, it's an opportunity to use this extra content that you're not putting in the movie in service of something. You've already shot it.
0: <laughs> it's. I don't disagree with you. Yeah. It's. I, I want to see that stuff. I would like, if not a director's cut, an ultimate edition of Suicide Squad. Sure. I mean, the one thing we gut haven't said, better movie than Batman versus Superman? I think it is.
1: Yeah, I I would agree. Again, I've not read the negative reviews beyond the headlines. I I get that there are massive problems with this movie. Oh, yeah. And I
0: I would guess the average viewer who's not a comic book fan says, well, these people are all shits and I don't like any of them. They're criminals. You're not supposed to. The original comic book was very much a, in Reagan's America, in the world of Iran-Contra, this is a covert mission group of expendable people willing to do terrible things and keep them secret from mourning in America. Exactly. That doesn't mean you have to like any of them. And certainly, they're not likable and different people shift in and out of it. And
1: yeah. And I think part of the issue too, is as you're writing this, there's a fetishization, a a weird romance that audiences have with antiheroes. We don't have antiheroes here. We have fucking criminals here.
0: These are villains. Yeah. (laughs) You know, the closest we get to antihero is the Will Smith deadshot who is willing to use his murder skills So, his daughter doesn't think he's a a murdering scumbag, (laughs) even though he's a murdering Murdering scumbag. scumbag. And we find that their relationship is finally good because she embraces the concept of him being a murdering scumbag to solve a geometry problem. Yeah. Deadshot is not a hero.
1: Note to self, I know you're a fictional little girl. When you have to take whatever state mandated math test you need to take in order to move on to your next grade or graduate from high school, they probably are not going to ask you a question that involves the hypotenuse and the factor of the curvature of the earth. It's exactly. not going to happen or 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 barrel rifling or <laughs> No, exactly.
0: That doesn't come up in
1: possibly wind speed But (laughs) realistically, that doesn't come up
0: in the real world anyway. Uh, (laughs) I I knew I
1: didn't need algebra.
0: (laughs) My friend Trebuchet (laughs) likes to shoot and uh, he's got uh, a particular rifle with enough electronics on it. I suck at shooting. I've been shooting three times in my life. I can hit a target 100 yards away. I don't know shit
1: then you'll be fine or he'll be fine
0: in the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, I'm not dead shot. I'm dead in the zombie apocalypse. I won't, <laughs> I won't make it to his house. And if I do, he'll shoot me because uh, I'll be useless.
1: But you, yeah, the, you smell wrong.
0: That's the whiskey. But yeah, those, those dead shot skills, you don't technically need them anymore. <laughs> that thing over his eye. Yeah. If I had that thing over my eye, I could that's, hit the,
1: that's, that's some version of Google glass that kind of frightens me. Yeah. Um, the, I will say this, though, when when we're getting into Deadshot's skill set, the scene that they have where all of Alpha Force takes a step back because Deadshot has this shit yeah. <laughs> and, and starts to show what he can actually do and his level of reflex and speed and accuracy, that was pretty impressive.
0: Uh, yeah, look, I like... As it was intended to be. But- I liked Deadshot in this. It's a completely different Deadshot from the Deadshot I like in in the suicide squad comics from the eighties. Yes. There's, there's, it's okay for them to be two different things. Do I prefer the one, you know, the, from the comic book? I mean, God, rereading it today, that scene from, uh, uh Christ, I, I wrote down which issue it was, uh, and with tiny writing that I, <laughs> I can't even <laughs> see here. Oh, from suicide squad 18 where they're, they're fighting the jihad for the second time. And, uh, not Javelin, but a similar character. It says, you know, you'd better kill me or I'll come after you. And it's a two-panel beat with Deadshot aiming his wrist magnum. And then the next one, bang, I believe you. And then the panel, he blew her fucking head off. That's a Deadshot I like. Yeah. This other Deadshot, he's fine. He's a likable guy.
1: I, I'd he have a beer him with in, him.
0: Calls him Amanda Waller or what, a nasty hoe or something? All right. Yeah. Gangsta. Gangsta hoe, yeah. All no, right. not
1: hoe. I, hoe, was, hoe was... um. He reserved that for the suggestion uh, for Rick Flagg. Like, okay, so your girlfriend's up there. Uh, you need to go up there, uh, slap her on the ass, okay. and kind of tell her to <laughs> stop this shit. <laughs>
0: yes, it's a dead shot by way of Will Smith. That's yes. fine. Yes. Will Smith's a likable chap.
1: But uh, Amanda Wh- Waller was gangsta. Okay. All right. And there was a level of respect implied.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm lucky I remember your name and what happened today. <laughs>
1: Uh, So, with that, overall, having turned my brain off and just watched the pretty colors and glommed on the characterizations that I enjoyed, I walked out of the movie, for the most part, having enjoyed it. Yes, me too. That being said, there are flaws, Uh, one of which is, as with Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman, there is no like through line. We know, kind of, because we've seen... Extended footage and and outtakes that dark side is a thing that's coming in the extended cut. Uh, there's a whole scene with Steppenwolf. <laughs> yes, not that that helped necessarily explain why Jesse Eisenberg felt like he had to behave as he did as Luther, but <laughs> it gave some indication as to why all of this. Also, in in uh, Bruce Wayne's dreams, why we're seeing Omega stuff, <laughs> and right. Um. So with this movie, there's the implication that magic is beginning to break through and that that metahumans are a sign of, of this. Okay, so what does that have to do overall? The nice thing that Marvel has is this through line. Granted, they got lucky and it sort of accidentally found their way into it, but then once they did, they have a st- fucking storyboard <laughs> and everything relates and it's all mapped out. Yes, You don't get that sense with the DC Universe cinematically. You know, Does this relate to Justice League Dark? There's an animated feature apparently coming out in the... F- Fall?
0: I, I think that's what I read, yeah.
1: Okay. Um and and this got made because of an animated series.
0: That's the <laughs> that's the rumor. There was a yeah assault on Arkham or something okay. that supposedly it's not one of the I love the DC animated movies. I've not seen all of them, but this is one that yeah had the Suicide Squad in it and got good reviews and that's how Suicide Squad, yeah, a couple of years ago got greenlit. Okay. That's the rumor.
1: But there's there's no direct relation. So you can't tell whether this rise of magic ties into the dark side thing that has been sort of obliquely hinted at in the other movies, if it's related to the upcoming potential Justice League dark, if that actually ends up happening. and Or is this related to untitled Ben Affleck Bat Project, which I think right now um, the outline is beer, question mark, question mark, question mark, profit. Yes. <laughs> Based this, on how Affleck looked at the London premiere with his fucking like shirt through his fly. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I,
0: I've not seen any uh premiere He
1: apparently like also can no longer stay up until quarter of five in the morning without things going awry for him the next day. The
0: the years have not been kind <laughs> to any of us, but I don't think there is a through line. I think maybe there's going to start being a through line with the official creation in this past year of DC films and Jeff Johns and I forget who the other guy is being put in charge of it. Okay, uh, I would guess we'll we'll start seeing it, but yeah, there there probably isn't one.
1: It just yeah, and it and that's the thing though. It just feels like you have all these disparate properties.
0: It's I'm not sure. I think you might be giving Marvel a little too much credit. Because this through line of, oh, the Infinity Wars are coming, from everything I've heard, number one, just the idea of the Marvel Universe came from Brian Michael Bendis saying, hey, wouldn't it be cool to see Nick Fury talk about the Avengers? (laughs) That's literally all I was going to say,
1: by luck. I did point out that, you know, by luck or whatever, they found their...
0: And it was, I think, from what I've heard, the same thing with Joss Whedon saying, let's throw Thanos in at the end of Avengers. And, okay, well, you know what? The... (laughs) (laughs) let's start talking about Infinity Stones and let's retroactively take the Tesseract slash the Cosmic Cube from Captain America and turn that into one of the Infinity Stones. If we take that shortcut, then we can start to make uh, all these other things work. And I think there was as much luck there as planning, and I think DC probably is hoping on it. And I'm guessing with Jeff Johns now sort of steering the ship officially, we'll start to get more, all right, these things need to start to relate together
1: yeah and i i think they're trying to use their their um credit stingers to that effect as well because we see in this movie amanda waller and bruce wayne having a a covert intimate dinner in which uh we see a binder of metahumans (laughs) yes binder of metahumans (laughs) so and that was that was a well-played scene in, in term, And it was what you would ex- hope for and expect in terms of uh, what happens when Waller and Batman have a conversation.
0: Well, and it called back to, in particular, the animated series. Yes. Where Amanda Waller clearly knew all along who Bruce Wayne was. But even in the comics, there was an issue early on where Batman infiltrated Belle Reed Right. And, and she
1: called him out by his name. No, she didn't. I thought she did.
0: No, but she she said he, he got in there as Matches Malone. Uh, and had his equipment shipped in as part of the package to go to Commissioner Gordon. So, yeah, he was was threatening to blow the whistle, and Waller said, you know, look, you came in here without gloves. We know everybody you worked with to get in here. We've got a good set of your prints. You walk (laughs) out of here, and we never hear from you again, and you won't hear from us again.
1: Okay. I feel like I read something, though, where it was a comic book, and I don't remember which issue it was, where she called him out by name.
0: It, yeah, it, that sounds familiar. But I, I, I want to say, I it was feel for like me. it
1: might have been when she was working for Lex Luthor when he was president.
0: It's possible, but you know what? Uh, not three months ago, I got the complete Blu-ray set of uh, Justice League Unlimited. <laughs> it sits in the closet unwrapped. We can go through that anytime we want. We can, we will. Let's wrap this show up. Let's. Okay. <laughs>
1: um. So overall, enjoyable, but flawed.
0: Yeah, I mean, of all the... The DC films are weird in that I defended Man of Steel for a long time and Batman versus Superman made it retroactively worse. Yes. Which is rare. <laughs> uh, so of the... What are we at? Three official DC movies at yes. this point? Uh, I think this is the best one. You know, can you put it up against the first Iron Man or Avengers? Mm. Fuck no. No. You know, is it fun enough? Is it... In certain ways true enough to the old school Suicide Squad. Yeah. But if you're a, a fan of Suicide Squad, there's there's enough of it there that you can pick up on. Certainly Amanda Waller. This is the old Amanda Waller. Yes. You know, not, not that, the, that goes
1: a long way with me.
0: Yes, not the, the skinny, smiling political Ant, player yeah. from New 52 <laughs> <laughs> who in rebirth is gone and the old Amanda Waller is back.
1: Thank you, Jeebus. <laughs>
0: Oh well, thank Jeebus. Thank people screaming at Dan DeDio at five years for the <laughs> conventions. So yeah, it was, it was not bad. Would I like to see another one? Uh sure.
1: I'd see another one. I, I would. I, I'm looking forward to this rumored Harley vehicle. I I want to see more of that character.
0: Yeah, if we see another one, I'd like to see something that really falls true to the original one get rid of a couple people you know katana we don't need to see katana again.
1: katana makes me wonder and, and again there's nothing in this movie even in flashbacks or outtakes to suggest it has always been sort of a creature of batman which makes me wonder if bruce wayne had katana somehow installed so he could keep track of what's going on with suicide squad
0: it wouldn't surprise me, but there is nothing in this movie really to indicate that.
1: Yeah, because you know, that's, she was in The Outsiders. She was inserted by him in Justice League Elite when that was a thing.
0: Yeah, but there's nothing in the movie beyond, uh, yeah, one of Wayne's companies makes the... The neck, nanobot. <laughs> yeah, the neck bomb technology uh, and the, the meeting between Bruce Wayne and Amanda Waller at the end. There's nothing there to really indicate he's got any more of a handle in this than that. Right, so it might be interesting, but there's nothing there to indicate it. But yeah, look, Killer Croc, he added
1: nothing to this. Get yeah. rid of
0: him. Get rid of Katana. You know, keep the core Harley Quinn and Deadshot and Captain Boomerang. Sure. And maybe
1: st- get Yo Yo. Who the fuck is Yo Yo? Yo Yo has like Plastic Man like char- uh, characteristics. He's in a later run of Suicide Squad.
0: Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bring in Yo <Yo-Yo>. Yo. <laughs> Producers, <laughs> you've heard the word of Amanda. Bring in <laughs> fucking yo <yo-yo>. yo. <laughs> fucking 70 years of DC history, we're going to get yo yo. I in, too am sleep deprived. Bring in yo yo and Wonder Mutt <laughs> and perhaps Zayna, not Jane. Z- uh, Blue Jaina. Falcon? Blue Falcon? Blue Falcon is different. Mm. Blue Falcon, uh, oh, I think DC actually has those rights now. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> because it's a Warner Brothers thing. That's right. Bring in Blue Falcon. Uh- <laughs> Johnny Quest.
1: But <laughs> he's an he's, older angrier Johnny Quest. Uh, yes,
0: fine. <laughs> I've I've gone off the rails. You have.
1: You're I- <laughs> not even supposed to be here today. Oh yeah, with with that, um you you and I had been talking earlier. Apparently, Jared Leto's coworkers would show up on days that they didn't have to be on set to watch him that's, do his thing.
0: That's a headline I saw on like comicbook.com. <laughs> whether that's the case, whether they just showed up to make sure he didn't go through their lockers and <laughs> was, you yeah. know, jizz in their socks or something as, you know, a joker-like prank. I have no surprise, idea. Surprise, Jared,
1: that wasn't my sock. <laughs> I was going to I was going to surprise you with your laundry.
0: <laughs> whether that, I have no idea. I read the headline. Fling feces at him. That's all I know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Here's your method
0: acting. Duck the feces. Pretend it's Planet of the Apes. Jesus. But yeah, that's that's all. It's a headline I read someplace. Okay. In the throes of exhaustion.
1: Understandable. So. Do you want to talk about the comic book in relation to, well, itself and Rebirth and this movie?
0: Uh, sure, because yeah, we're at about an hour 45, so. Okay. So yeah, why don't we. We do, do go on, don't we? Yes, we do. Particularly <laughs> when. <laughs> When I this barely is a have a plan, hysteria. It, it, it really is at this point. Um, I,
1: I have a I have a plan that I came up with drunkenly last night at about one o'clock in the morning.
0: <laughs> that's all right. Everything's gone fine. So, all right, Suicide Squad Rebirth one, uh, written by Rob Williams. Uh, was it Philip Tan did the art? Yes. Uh, yeah. So it's really th- this is the first. <laughs> First, new, new Suicide Squad. Yeah, because yeah, after the new Fifty Two, there was Suicide Squad, and then New Suicide Squad, <laughs> and this is other Suicide Squad that is <laughs> very clearly intended to at least somewhat mimic at this point the characters from the movie. The movie yeah, because we've got Killer Croc in here, which is not a. It was King Shark for years. It Apparently, was. Killer Croc is now taking that role. King Shark ate Yo Yo. Oh God!
1: Fuck Yo Yo. <laughs> Anyway <laughs> uh,
0: I enjoy number one I like Rob Williams as a writer. I like the stuff that he was doing at Marvel six or seven years ago He was doing a uh, dacking Dark Wolverine yeah. uh, Ghost Rider uh, the female version uh, and then he just sort of dropped out of Marvel for a while and was doing stuff on two thousand a d so yeah it's good to see him back on on mainstream at d c and yeah it's uh, I, I like the story on this there were some good one-liners what what was your impression it's right in front of you so I,
1: I thought um it was a nicely contained sort of one and done that introduces the main characters it seems like it will tie in easily to the movie <laughs> indeed, indeed. <laughs> and 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 not you know here here we are jumping into our our corporate synergy oh look if we go to this page we have a bottom splash that looks like a magical incursion <laughs> Uh, A little
0: bit. Uh, That's, however, the gene bomb. I Uh, I
1: don't disagree. I I know it's the gene bomb, but I'm just saying that if you've seen the movie, you will find imagery in this book that looks familiar to you. Yes. One
0: thing I liked in particular about this was the synchronicity with the original Suicide Squad. The original Suicide Squad we were introduced to in uh, the DC Legends miniseries right after Crisis. And the origin story was basically Amanda Waller Pitching Task Force X to President Reagan. Mm-hmm. So the synchronicity of this, even though it's only a couple of pages in this, of Amanda Waller doing the same with President Obama, who has a very different idea of whether this is a good idea or not. <laughs> yes. uh, but I liked how that tied together with the original.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you there. I, I There's nothing to dislike about this book because not, not enough happens to really make a decision about whether it's good or bad, in the course of this book it just it introduces your characters it's not going to rock the boat these are all familiar from the movie and or from other iterations of the squad the the biggest change is they they brought back the real amanda waller
0: <laughs> yeah but there there was some good bickering in between the characters at one point deadshot saying god if you don't shut up I'll, I'll shoot you myself or... yeah
1: and they they used this opportunity to insert rick flag as per the the group from the movie. Yeah. Although in this case, apparently he's been living in Guantanamo.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's so it's, uh, look, it's a new generation. Rick flag, you know, in 1987 was a Vietnam era character. So you're going to have changes like that. I didn't have a particular problem with that.
1: I didn't have a problem with it either. Other Uh, than I, again, I don't know that he necessarily needs to be there and that's how I felt with it in the movie. But, you know,
0: (laughs) but uh, yeah, it's, it felt like old nut cutting suicide squad. You know, the mission is, uh, there's this scientist who created a gene bomb, uh, which will give everybody in a particular radius superpowers for 24 hours uh, and hopefully cause chaos. And this bomb has gone off in this city and they have to go rescue him from Cobra or whoever it is. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's it goes awry very quickly. It's not a rescue. It's okay, first we have to get the bomb. And Captain Boomerang does that in a very efficient <laughs> I would say nut cutting, but other things were cut kind of way. <laughs> yes. And <laughs> then it's like, well, we have to rescue him so that his knowledge is not transferred. And uh, Deadpool takes that. Uh, Deadpool. Deadshot. Deadshot. It's God, okay, I'm honey. Tired. You're, you're tired. Deadshot takes that in the most, uh, you should have been more specific. Actually, no, in this one he's specifically ordered. I'm flashing back to a, one of the early suicide squads where the orders aren't specific enough so somebody gets shot.
1: <laughs> right, right. Now, uh, the one thing I think, and just kind of flipping through this quickly, I don't think that um, Floyd takes his helmet off in this.
0: Uh, He doesn't.
1: So I'm wondering what we're going to find under the mask, if they're going to keep him with his usual, he's white in the comics, or if they're going to race swap him to bring it in line with the movie. I don't know. It's not a big deal if they do. I'm just curious. Yeah,
0: I, I don't know, and, and I don't care. The, the Floyd before New 52, uh, post-crisis, was from old money. Mm. So the fact that he was white makes more sense only in that context, and that's the only thing that could really make it where where it matters at all. But they
1: haven't used that context with him in forever.
0: It it certainly hasn't been uh, front and forward of his character in a long time, so it's not something that's utterly necessary, I don't think.
1: I'm just curious.
0: Yeah, I don't care.
1: Because they show Katana on here. Like, clearly they're going and Killer Croc. So even though they didn't show up in this book, it looks like they're going to try to bring together the, the movie squad, at least, to start.
0: And I complained for years. And both of the big two have gotten better about this. But for years, it seemed like these comic publishers, wow, we've got this product that's out in theaters that might make people come read a comic book. Let's make it have nothing whatsoever to do with what's... Yeah, the
1: the death of Bruce Wayne during...
0: (laughs) Yeah, The Dark Knight is a billion-dollar movie. At the time, it's the biggest superhero movie ever made. It's at the top of the box office week after week after week, and let's let Grant Morrison kill Bruce Wayne. (laughs) Unbelievable fucking yeah. logic for years. They've both gotten better about it. So, yeah, fine. For the time being, throw
1: Killer Croc in there. All right, DC, promote your synergy.
0: The one interesting thing in here is they just did the comic book. They call they call him Boomerang. Yeah. Like Captain Boomerang stupid. And it kind of <laughs> is. And it kind of always has been.
1: Well, if you say it out loud, you have to kind of say it sarcastically. Okay, Captain boomerang. Yeah, but he's Captain <laughs> Boomerang in the movie. It's not he too wears, a, he for the wears movie. a jacket that proudly says Captain across the front of it. Yeah, just to own it for Christ's sake. At least he didn't wear like the stupid cap with the boomerang on it in the movie. He's, yeah. Whereas he's got it on in this book.
0: Oh, his little hat has always been dumb. but, but it's, It is. It's, look, part of the charm of our original Suicide Squad was, you know, in this age of Watchmen and Dark Knight, everybody wanted darker... Comic books and suicides, yeah. Suicide Squad was part of that. It's okay, super villains on covert missions. That's kind of dark, yeah. But it was right after Crisis, so you've got, in theory, a bunch of these old properties that nobody really wants to use that chuck them in Suicide Squad. And that's not my observation, I think Chris Sims observed that Mm. uh, in Comics Alliance. But that was a great place to put these silly characters, you can legitimately dangerous them up. Yeah. To make them okay, you'll fit better into this universe, and if you don't fit, fucking kill them. Who cares?
1: Okay. that that, that makes sense.
0: So it's it's something that really worked at the time. Okay. So <laughs> But yeah, I mean, as as a reintroduction, uh, I liked the writing on it. I thought there was good interplay between the characters. Now, yeah, certainly there's two or three classics there. They're going to go straight for the movie. And certain things are brought back to basics that weren't there right after the new 52. So, so yeah, I'm I enjoyed this one. I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was going to, I did too. Cause yeah, suicide squad kind of stayed on our pulls after new 52. Cause we enjoyed the first couple and it went through wildly varying areas of quality in between.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see that they're trying to write the ship. We'll- and I'm going to remain cautiously optimistic.
0: Yes. All right. I, I don't think I can physically do any more show. <laughs> and I apologize retroactively. I'm not going to edit this at all, so uh, if you've stuck through uh, the last hour of 55 minutes of every uh, silence and um, and, but yeah. Adalance of
1: the word Deadpool when we meant dead shot. Yeah,
0: uh, I apologize, but yeah, we were committed to get a show out. We did the best we could considering circumstances we didn't necessarily anticipate <laughs> like seeing the goddamn daylight with a beer in my hand and not even my 10th beer. Just my, just fuck you. I'm having a beer
1: next weekend. We're going to go to Boston comic con.
0: Yeah. So uh, next week's show uh there, we should probably do a show on Sunday, but we may just do a quick one mm-hmm. with our real recap show. Cause we'll, we will get audio from every panel that we can get into. Uh, so we should have something relatively beefy at least during the week, but it may just be a quick recap show on Sunday night. Yes, with, something, with a follow up. Yeah, with either a follow up during the week or the following week show uh, more in depth. So, because Rob is tired. <laughs> I, I
1: uh, uh, and we've we've had some stuff go down. I, I still don't have my car back.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the after effects of last week are still continuing. So, yes. all right, let's wrap it up. So, yes, thank you for hanging in. And I'm not sure where you found this particular episode, but you can always find us at our home website, crisisoninfinitemidlives.com. You can find us on Facebook. With everything going on the last couple of weeks, I've not been as active as I would like, but we can always get messages through there if you want to get in touch with us, facebook.com slash crisisoninfinitemidlives. We're on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at infinitemidlife. We're on Tumblr, .tumblr crisisoninfinitemidlives.tumblr.com. You can find us on iTunes, and if that's how you pick up your podcast media, give us a review if you would be so kind. Give us a rating. Yeah, certainly subscribe through there, because it does help new people find the show. Mm. Uh, We are on Sketcher. You can find us on Google Play. We're on TuneIn Radio. We're proud members of the Comics Podcast Network. And you can always email us, crisisoninfinitemidlives at gmail.com. Think that is it. That is it. So this has been episode one thirteen. (laughs) Somehow of the Crisis on Infinite Midlife Show. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. Thank you for listening. And derp.
1: Mommy, (laughs) go to bed. You are drunk.